0: My name is Bryce, and I'm your host for The Inbound Secret, where we're talking with top performers and health experts and sales badasses alike about their strategies to optimize their well-being and performance. Once again, this is The Inbound Secret, and, and let's get rockin' and rolling. This
1: is The Inbound. This is The Inbound.
0: This is The inbound. inbound. This is The Inbound. The Inbound. This is The Inbound. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Inbound Secret. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. As always, we've got Liz Mahoney on today, part of Virtually Limitless, part of my inner circle, just an all-around rock star, and she wanted to come drop bombs today. Liz, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Well, like Bryce said, my name is Liz Mahoney, um, and I got started in business. I've always been a hustler, like since I was a little kid. Um, I had an alcoholic mom and she would often abandon me and my brother. So I had to learn to do things like go knock on the neighbor's door and be like, hey, can I scoop your dog poop in the backyard for 20 bucks so we don't starve today? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I love
0: the optimism in that sentence.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be an unpleasant task, but we're going to eat. So mm. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I just learned that like, uh, the way that most people maybe grow out of their enthusiasm or their optimism, or maybe kind of get put into a box by thinking that money has to be handed to you by your parent. I never had that. I always knew that there were limitless opportunities around me and that if I wasn't getting something, it was because I wasn't thinking about how to acquire it creatively enough. And as a result of that, um, by the time I was nineteen, I was pregnant, and my boyfriend at the time wanted me to get an abortion. And I was barefoot in my kitchen, and I say crying—I'm not really a crier—but I felt very sad.
0: I was <laughs> so, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen you like show a negative emotion. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's about I'm it. Sure, I'm sure you feel them, but like you follow the cram method where you're just like cram cram that down. Just we'll we'll deal with that in private later.
1: (laughs) Put put that box in a bigger box. Put that box on the shelf. But uh, yeah, no, here's your dramatic reenactment. I was standing at the kitchen sink like this. (laughs) But I was really just like, you know, my life wasn't supposed to be like this. And so long story short, as a result of that, I ended up getting started in uh, charity work and I worked with uh, King's Ransom and a bunch of other organizations to help, uh, first of all, to learn about finances, and second of all, to uh, free women and children from the sex lay trade. And because of my side work doing that, I was also a nurse working by day. So I was pregnant. I was going to school. I started an nonprofit on the side that supported a bigger organization. I have no idea how I graduated from school. Like, it's still a blur to me. People are like, do you remember Professor Such and Such? I'm like, no. I don't, I was going to ask,
0: did you sleep at all during, during your undergrad and grad? Yeah, you no, know, my
1: daughter had uh colic. <laughs> so when she was, she had colic for like nine months. So she would scream all night. I, I literally have no idea how I made it through that. I just one foot in front of the other. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I ended up making my first million in a year and lost it all because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I did it again the next year because I had a really great mentor who was like, nobody can take those skills away from you. If you can make a dollar, you can make $10,000, a hundred thousand, a million. Nobody can take that skill away from you. You have that skill inside. Keep going, keep doing it. You'll get it down. And now it's so funny. Like uh, The reason that I wanted to come on the show and talk to your community, Bryce, is you know, yesterday, I was like, I had two conversations where people, I left them with goosebumps. And these are professional, hardworking, amazing people that bring massive value to the clients that work with them. And they have no idea how to close the sale, ask for money, then how to take that money, invest that money and turn it into more money. So they don't have to be worried about money all the time. And I just really want to share some things with your people so that they can stop thinking like, Oh my God, you know, I want to invest in real estate, but I don't have $150, you know, $150,000. You don't have to, you can have $2,000. And if you don't have $2,000, I'll tell you how to get $2,000, turn that $2,000 into $10,000 and turn that $10,000 into
0: a million, you know? Well, I, I appreciate you wanting to come on because we were talking about this a little bit and you and me have gone back and forth on on my biggest issues that I, I think plague citizens of America and the world and that's complacency and then social programming. And those those really play hand in hand because even us entrepreneurs, nobody taught us about money we just fucked up so many times that we did all of the stupid things so all that was left was to do it the right way
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've eliminated every other option
0: (laughs) and you had a perfect example like you made your first million lost it all well why'd you do it you didn't know how to do money
1: right honestly i grew up poor so i was like let's go out to eat five times a day (laughs) you know stupid stuff like that let's buy a car in cash cars or a depreciating asset like that. Ugh.
0: I do have to point out one thing, though, on the car topic, and, and it's going to be a future guest of mine. He's a friend of mine named Chris Gardner. Uh, he, Me and him are actually trying to work together on something, but what he specializes in is what's commonly known as infinite banking. There is a way for you to buy a depreciating asset in cash and actually make money on it in three years or less.
1: I need that guy's number because cars are one thing that I have not figured out. I would love to learn from that guy.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll connect to you guys. So the, long story short, and I don't want to ruin it for you guys that are going to be waiting for that episode, long story short, <laughs> you leverage the life insurance capability of their holdings and trust account against policy value, reinvest with your annualized yield premium and its cash dividends. And you self-loan against it because you technically have two accounts. Mm -hmm. So you self-loan yourself money that you've put in, pay yourself the interest, you become your bank. So you get all of the profits, cash dividends, earnings, and the yield premium that you would have taken from a bank and you bought the car cash.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. That's a lot like how I set up businesses where I was talking with you about. I like to have trusts and have everybody live off of the interest and not touch the principal, so that your business is always sound. If somebody has a bad sales streak, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you. So I love that you you found a way to make cars profitable. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Chris is a rock star at what he does. It is not just a warning for you and everybody listening. It is not a quick process. No, no, no. So <laughs> it's not like. It's not like you call Chris and four days later, you've profited from buying a car cash. That's not happening ever. Right. So.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that, you know, kind of brings me to
1: another point. I don't know the exact age of your audience, but I know in general what you should be doing in your 20s, your 30s, and your 40s to make sure that you're taking care of for the rest of your life. You know, I feel like your 20s are a lot for figuring out how to pay bills, why you need an emergency fund play around with a Roth IRA. You're probably going to put 2000 in and take it right back out and punish yourself. But I've done that a few times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, uh, figure out health insurance. You know, health insurance is a big thing and flex spending accounts and how you can get all of those, you know, a lot of the money that you spend in health insurance, how you can get it back and how you can get it covered. And that kind of gives you a baseline going into your 30s you should really have one year of your salary put aside in that Roth IRA by the time you're in your thirties. Um, I think if you have kids, you definitely need life insurance. You need a will, um, be responsible. You never know what's going to happen. You know, my brother just died last week out of nowhere. It's like, you gotta, you gotta make sure everybody's taken care of. And he did not have life insurance. So we were (laughs) having good.
0: That's how it always happens. I remember back in the day years ago now, uh, cause I've done brokerage funding. I've done capital funding. I've done, uh, financial services. I've done insurance. I've done brokerage. And I remember back in the day, he he was like my third client ever when I was in the life insurance game. And I pushed him for a couple of years to get life insurance and he was young and thought he was invincible. And he was like, no, I don't need it. He went down to Mexico, came back to Arizona nobody knows why he died he died before he made it back to idaho left a widow brand new newborn baby brand new house and cars that they had just gotten because they just started their life together and it would have cost him 25 bucks a month maybe to protect that
1: yeah
0: and it's one of those things that like because i went to like i went to his funeral and all that and it was uh the hardest, I think, conversation that I've ever had to have while I was in that industry, because conversations right. are different per industry, uh, was his family asked if he had any anything set aside or anything protected, and I had to tell them no at their funeral. Right. I'm like, that's a fucking horrible conversation. So- <laughs>
1: it really is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's hard. Nope. Yeah, but yeah, and w- once you start learning that stuff and learning how it works, and this is just to your point that it's not a fast process, you understand that what you want to do is just hold, you know, you don't, you're not learning about finances to be a trader and to go do, 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 I made 50 bucks. You know, you're not, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is you're putting things aside and then they are going to grow over time. And I have a really cool example for your people um, where, you know, if, if you want to get into real estate investing, and this also ties into creative thinking and, you know, like we were talking about that it's not instant gratification but here's here's the deal you can take $2000 you can find an investor who is willing to invest 8000 down on a $50000 house they're 80% owner you're 20% owner if you do that let's say you set the rent at 500 which probably wouldn't work in this economy but we'll use nice round numbers so people can follow what we're saying we set the rent we set the rent at $500 Mortgage is $200. That's a $300 profit. So 240 goes to the investor. 60 goes to you per month. In 33 months, you get a payback. So 33 months, you're having to wait, but that's $10,000. You took $2,000 and you turned it into Mm $10,000 just by waiting and by finding an investor that was willing to work with you. And if you have enough of those projects going on, you're never, ever, ever going to get wealthy from whatever your salary is. If you have one hustle, one thing that you do that's scary
0: you're doubling down it's terrifying
1: it's terrifying you're praying that nothing (laughs) bad
0: will happen and bad things always happen (laughs) all the time 2020 for for everybody watching and listening is a prime example of that yes how many how many americans how many europeans how many canadians how many south americans how many africans how many anybody in the orient how many people worldwide thought they had job security and covid came in and just kicked you right across the side of the face, (laughs) right?
1: Absolutely. And not only that, but just drive through your town and look at all the businesses that are shut down, you know, and Mm -hmm. these are businesses that maybe survived the market crash in 2008. You know, there's a 24 hour gym that I I had gone to with my dad when I was 15. That thing has been around forever because I'm old. And it's boarded up and it's the saddest thing. There's tons of people in our community that went there, but it was not a sustainable model for what happened here.
0: I still don't understand how any gym is a sustainable model because like (laughs) the gym, don't get me wrong. I love the gym, but I go to my gym, right? It's like 30 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month. They've got like $100,000 of equipment in that building. You know how long it's going to take to pay off a hundred thousand dollars' equipment with several hundred people paying you forty bucks. <laughs> and
1: they, they try really hard to do it all in January. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Only January. Just, just the New Year's resolution.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, I think that that model is dying out. I think that people like the smaller, more personalized gyms that have like boot boot camps that run through it every so often. Um, I think that that's a more sustainable model. It's a lot like uh, co-working. Like we all saw WeWork went under and a large reason for that is because why would we pay you 350 or $400 a month to sit at a desk when we can go to Starbucks for free and get the same thing? You know, it doesn't it doesn't work as a model. Whereas these, you know, little micro uh, workplaces that are popping up in empty office buildings work because they're like, hey, twenty five bucks, and you can sit here today. And you're like, great. There's no uh, coffee grinding in the background. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So let's uh, we tend to just talk and get off topic every now and then, which makes for a great episode. But let's let's get to the gold here, because I know we're both restricted on time. We've got about fifteen ish minutes. So let's go in, and I just wanna, I just wanna hand the mic over to you. Let you dive in as deep as you want, talk about any topic you want, and let's get these listeners and the the audience here that's listening, the inbound secret members, parts of the community for thoughts to profit, the followers that we've got online. Let's get them leveled up so that they're protected. They can start investing. They they maybe somebody's light bulb will go off, and they're like, shit, I can do real estate investing right? Let's, let's get them those opportunities here on today's episode.
1: Okay. So what's great is that we're in January. What does that mean? Tech season. And because 2020 sucked so bad, everybody was at home. So guess what? You get to write off everything that you did at home. If your work made you go home to work, or if you already worked at home and you can prove that you were working, then you can write that stuff off. Did you buy equipment? Write it off. Your car, if you have a car note, write it off. If you don't have a car note, you need to dig up some of those gas receipts and put a little for yourself on there that you were using it with something that had to do with your business, driving back and forth to the office during the weird March time when everybody was like, are we home, are we not home? You know, there, there is money on the table. And as a business owner, especially somebody, if you are just getting started, or perhaps, I like to give this example. A plane can't get off the ground if the throttle is at 10% or at 20% or at 30%. The throttle has to be at 100% before the plane can get off the ground. And what what I mean by that is maybe you've had this business idea and you've been working on it, but you've been working on it in 10% and 20% increments. Well, my friend, because of last year, let's go ahead and pull that throttle back to 100%. Let's get you... Writing things off, if you're a single person, there's no reason that you should owe the IRS money. There is every reason you should walk away today with somewhere between at least two and five thousand dollars coming back to you. And if you don't know how to do that, I'm not a licensed anything with finances. I like <laughs> Bryce and I have said, we have figured this out through trial and error. So go talk to a CPA because they will take their percentage out of what they get you back they are incentivized to help you find that money on the table the more of your money that they find the more that they get paid so stop being afraid of cpa on the door or financial advisor bust in that room and be like give me back my money i
0: don't want it to go to the irs just just to add to that don't be afraid of any company that is commission based right it may sound like you're paying them more than a flat fee because realistically you are But a flat fee tax agent may only get you two grand back, where a professional CPA and tax accountant may get you 10 because they're trying harder. Right. You'll pay them more, but eight grand is a hell of a lot better than two.
1: Right. Exactly right. (laughs) I love that. And then once you get that money, do not go get a fancy car. Do not go get (laughs) whatever equipment you have been salivating on. Do not hit buy now on your Amazon Prime list. Do not do any of those things because we are going to use that money to invest into Bryce's programs here at Funnel Driven to get you clients coming in. And you are also going to use that money to put it in savings for a rainy day in case you hit a snag, in case something happens, in case the world opens up or closes again, because who knows what's going on right now. You need to have those zeros in the bank to make sure that you're protected. So-
0: I've got to pause you. Can you hear a tuxedo?
1: No, I can see Tuxedo, but I can't uh, hear. It.
0: So Tuxedo over here is just, he's just talking. So <laughs> he's just going off.
1: He's like, listen, this is what you do with your kitty food. You bring it all over <laughs> to me. I'll take good care of it.
0: No, he's a chunk. He'll eat it.
1: <laughs> Don't <laughs> trust him.
0: <laughs> He'll eat it.
1: <laughs> what a cutie.
0: But right, yeah, c- so- continue. We just have Tux on board now.
1: Yes. Oh my God. He's so cute. So, you know, focus on getting that chunk of cash and focus on how long that can sustain your business. It would be great if that could get you at least through the first quarter. And like Bryce was saying, go deal with a professional who's going to make sure you get every cent back that you can get. Because let me tell you, as much as our generation, you know, wants to talk crap about capitalism... It does exist, and it is a system. And whether you want to come at it from the perspective of I'm a business owner, or you want to come at it from a perspective of I'm an anarchist little rebel, and I don't want the government to take my money. Whatever mindset you have going into it, just get in there and get make sure that that well,
0: money. I, I do have to add to this because I really hate the fact that the recenter, ge- recenter, most recent generations have this capitalism has failed, right. First off, capitalism is the only reason why you don't live in a dirt hole right now, okay? Second off, capitalism is, by definition, the free world. It's the reason why anything you classify as the free world is a money market country, a capitalistic country, a money-focused republic, or an international exchange-focused democracy. They are all capitalistic. The thought process that socialism, communism, anything that has government oversight works the government can't give you something they don't take from somebody else right guess where they take that from yeah. capitalists mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so you're I just want to call everybody out who's sitting on that that little fucking time knife of decision here okay stop being stupid do do some homework do some research the fact that I can order something from fucking South Korea on this phone, and it gets delivered to my doorstep in 24 fucking hours is nothing short of magic, mm-hmm. okay? And that was bred because competition in a free market led to innovation,
1: right. not
0: because everybody had equal money, okay?
1: <gasps> and now that Bryce has set the scene, that's how you need to look at everything. You need to think to yourself, there's competition here. I can, I can do this, I can generate more income for myself. I don't know how many of your people are working a nine to five and are building up their side hustles, but it is not hard to go on Instagram, even during your workday, during your lunch break, find people with horrible logos, go on to Canva or any of those sites, design a better logo for them, stick a watermark on it and say, hey friend, do you like this yoga logo? If you do, I'll charge you a hundred bucks. You can make a hundred bucks easy. Mm-hmm. It is not hard to go into Fiverr and find somebody who will do web development for five hundred bucks. If it's not a skill set you have and you don't want to learn Wix, you can go onto Fiverr, find somebody who does a, a website for five hundred bucks. Then you can go onto Instagram and be like, "Hi friend, your website really sucks. Would you like for me to fix it for you?" That's a thousand bucks. You yeah. do that four times, you have two thousand bucks. Now you can go invest into real estate and turn it into ten thousand bucks. Doing your tax return and your strategic investing, now you have twenty thousand bucks.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. <clears throat> so now that, now that the people know a couple of things, one, play around with an off, Roth IRA, play around with investing, play around with tax write-offs, hire a CPA, obviously any advice you hear on this episode, by the way, we are not certified accountants or attorneys speak to a legal professional and speak to accounting finance professionals. They'll guide you in the right way. This is just general knowledge purposes and things we've learned through trial and error. Now, let's take this a step further because I just did one of these and it's so far changed the way that my taxes are going to be for the rest of my life. Okay, I just set up a living trust and my living trust has now removed the legal ownership of basically everything and has opened up tax reduction offers and deferments and capital gains and uh, annuitizations that i didn't even know fucking existed like six months ago (laughs) let's talk a little bit about living trusts how they work kind of a a general scope because a lot of the people listening to this they fall in really three categories. You've got like your nine to fiver who loves what they do, but they want something on the side. You've got your nine to fiver who hates what they do and they're looking to exit and start their own company. And then you've got your entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and executives that kind of congeal into the same, like 30% of the audience, right? So all of those people could benefit from a living trust.
1: Right.
0: Let, uh, talk to me about it. Tell me about like benefits, why you would do it, how it can work with your will, how it can work with your your tax stuff, how it can work with investing, run run us through some stuff.
1: So the easiest way to think about it is kind of like, um, if you think of it like an e-wallet that will pay you as almost as if you're an employer of it because you oversee it, it's somewhere you can put your money so that you don't get taxed on everything that you bring in once you know some of these guys you're talking about these like nine to fivers and stuff like that that are still trying to figure out am i going to make the jump their throttles at 10 or 20 percent, if you will mm-hmm. they're, they're not ready to go 100 um i don't know if you guys have ever been in a position where you've had to take care of a loved one before uh so here let me give you a little example in the form of a story if I had to take care of my grandparent, both my grandparents have passed, so I'm making all this up. If I had to take care of my grandparent and I was paying a lot of money out of pocket to cover maybe some of their medical expenses, um, maybe I was generating more income to be able to cover things for them. And a little bit of this is true. A little bit of this I did back in 2012 and got a lot of financial spankings and learned why you want to have that trust. So. All this money is going through your account like water. Can you let Tux out? (laughs) Treats, (laughs) he says.
0: He wants wants to go home, so Um. we've we've got three dogs out there. Just let him out. Just open the door. Uh, So we've got three dogs out there hanging out, Sam, Abby, and Diesel, and then Tuxedo. He stays in here through the night, mostly because we don't want the dogs rummaging around and all of his stuff is in here. Yeah. And so I hate to interrupt you, but uh, he just he was just staring at the door like, open, open.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so you have all this money running through your account like water. The IRS doesn't give two craps that it's not staying in your pocket and that you're not spending it on things that you enjoy they don't care that you're utilizing it to pay for someone else's care so let's say at the end of the year you're looking over your finances and you realize with all the little side jobs that you did here and there maybe you helped people put up some christmas lights maybe you trimmed a neighbor's hedge whatever you ended up making considerably more than your baseline salary you get taxed on that it does not Mm -hmm. matter that it didn't stay in your pocket and that you didn't get to enjoy it and that you gave it for a beautiful cause does not matter. IRS is like, you had that money. You didn't put it aside. Too bad. So sad. Pay the government. So when you- Oh yeah,
0: the the IRS is not going to not want their piece.
1: (laughs) They're going to tax you on everything you buy. And then they're going to tax you on every cent that you had. And if they can, like, they'll they'll just keep going. You know, they they don't care. Oh, anyway.
0: So if you I, have- I I do want to throw one thing in because I think it'll, it'll kind of anchor this for everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so everybody knows, we've talked a lot about taxes and there's a reason for that. To put it in kind of a parable, so if you will, there's like one page of tax code that says, this is what you owe us. Mm-hmm. There's like 2000 pages of tax code that say, this is how you don't have to pay us that. Mm-hmm. so ju- just keep that in mind when you're listening to Liz here because it goes back to this and I'm going to say something pretty controversial for a second everybody was mad at Trump because he's a billionaire and he paid like a thousand dollars in taxes you know what that tells me he is a great fucking accountant because mm-hmm. yeah. he didn't abuse the one page what he did is he utilized the two thousand pages of how not to pay that one page that's the kind of stuff that Liz is going to go through with you here at a pretty high level here on today. So, so get back to it if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, of course. And another way to think about it, if you ever feel guilty or feel like you're taking away from social security or Medicaid programs or anything like that, remember that you are already so used to paying taxes and maybe even state taxes that you don't even blink whenever something says it's on sale for 99 cents and they ring it up and it's a dollar 8 you You're like, oh, okay, yeah, tax you've already paid. You have already paid taxes. So don't feel bad about going back through your finances and being like, you're not getting this. You're not getting this. You're not getting this. This Anyway, so when you have a living trust and you put money into it and you live off of those dividends, all of that extra money you make that goes into the trust, you don't get taxed on. It's almost like a charity that protects your family. And you protect, like mentally, it's almost like you're working for that charity. So you're allowed to write to yourself like, okay, I'm gonna put $500,000 into my living trust. And so my salary, because I oversee this trust is going to be $50,000 a year. But because this money isn't getting taxed, that 50,000 is really just the dividends. It's really just the money that's multiplying. You're not even touching that 500,000. I started setting up my finances like that when I was 21, oh, it's a long time ago, <laughs> <laughs> I know,
0: it's so uh,
1: upsetting,
0: I know, I know the feel, I'm, I'm in the almost 30 club, yeah, oh, poor baby, so, I'm 34, <laughs> yeah, I, but I haven't hit that yet, so, like, I turn 29 of this year, I believe, if yeah. my brain is working, I think 29, I was born in 92, that's 29 this year, right, yeah, <laughs> See, I'm early onset Alzheimer's. That's <laughs> it's
1: gotta, be, it's gotta be. Well, I'll get you a cane for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, as much as possible, as you're figuring out these things, and I know you want to dive into wills, and I'm really curious to pick your brain because you said you have such a background in finance, how you set up your will in tandem with your trust. And I can share how I set up my will in tandem with my trust because there might be some learning opportunities there. Again, like Bryce said, neither one of us are licensed will professionals. So please mm-hmm. talk to your CPA, but we'll share personal experiences to see if it inspires something in you.
0: So my, my living will and final rights are, it's pretty standard. The, the only variables in there I do have a VUL, and the VUL is oversought and transferable based on the last rights and testament that my living will has, and my living will does have an A, D, and D clause in it, and it does have a temporary uh, uh, if I go missing clause or an abandonment clause. So the the way that I've got it set up is if I abandon it, if I abandon my trust, if I abandon my my rights and testaments, if I abandon any of my financials. Rather than just going away, they're immediately transferable to who I have next in line for succession. So that way, if I get kidnapped or if I'm in a coma, if I go disappearing, or if I just lose my fucking mind at some point and forget anything that I've ever done,
1: because you have alzheimer's
0: the exactly i've got early (laughs) i really don't guys it's just a joke just pointing that out but like if anything bad happens because bad things can happen let's say i lose three activities of daily life right well yeah at that point i qualify for disability and ssi and all of that but if i take advantage of any of that i lose the opportunity to earn an income virtually or digitally or from home So it's a a trade of trust and, and response. So the way that I've set up both my living will, my final rights, my testament, my VUL, my investment funds, and my living trust is they all have clauses and amendments in them that allow them to trigger a response to the next successor in the event that some of those or one of those occurs at a severity that matches the contract language. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I just fuck off for five years and nobody hears from me, my father takes over the account and he gets the benefit from it. If he's unable to, my sister takes it over. So that way, because a lot of people have this thought process that if they set it up and they die and there's nobody to manage it, there's no executor, there's no succession, that money basically just gets forfeited and goes into probate until something happens, right? So I wrote in to avoid probate. That was basically my entire thought process there. I am interested to hear how you have yours set up.
1: So my grandfather originally had a trust. And I think I told you, I grew up overseas. My mother was Norwegian. Um, I came to America in high school and my Mm -hmm. mother ended up dying shortly after that. So that's really when I met my American side of the family. I didn't really know anybody before that. And my grandfather, um, American grandfather obviously, was like a financial wizard. And so he already had a family trust set up. I don't think I knew about it until I was 17 or 18 years old, Um, but he had a family trust and he was already living off of those dividends and teaching me a little bit about those principles, really without me knowing what he was trying to teach me Um, By the time I was in my 20s and I had my children, you know, he and I would have very in-depth, very specific conversations about how he made his money on the stock market, how he made his money through real estate, all that stuff, but I didn't know any of that in the beginning. So, having said that, when he passed, um, we also didn't know, and if you want to picture him, World War II veteran, cute little silver mustache, (laughs) little 70s glasses, Levi's from Walmart, you would have no idea that he was a many times over multi-millionaire that had paid off his family's mortgages all across America so that they could live in their homes and only have to pay their property and school taxes. That's Just awesome. the most amazing giving man you've ever met. Helped to uh, found Texaco and Core Labs way back when. No way. Yep, grew up during the great depression. Would tell me all the time, I remember being little and being like, can I have a quarter? Cause we're at CC's Pizza and I wanna play the arcade. And he would say, it's just a quarter till you don't have it. And I'm like- "Ah, yeah. smart. Yeah, I'm like, I'm Six. I just want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the one who really taught me the ins and outs of all that. So when he passed, uh, we, my myself, my dad, and my aunt who were all on uh, the old trust, the old family trust mm-hmm. formed a new trust. And my living trust is a part of that new trust. So if anything happens to me, rather like you said, Um, Anything that goes into probate is just a result of poor planning. And you can, there have been precedents where a note written on a napkin has been enforced as a contract. So please, even if you don't understand the ins and outs and you're terrified of lawyers and stuff like that, just grab a notebook, write up the things that are important to you and where you want those things to go. Drop in a safety deposit box and tell somebody in your family, if I die, go to Chase Bank, here.
0: that's what I want done. Just so everybody knows, Legal Zoom, you can get a living trust written for 250 bucks. Awesome. You can have a will and testament written for like 50 to 75. You can have last rights and testaments written for as little as 25. Right. You can pretty much set up your avoidance of probate and like your fruition without an attorney, without needing to leave your house like 300 to 400 bucks
1: right and if you have children and you haven't done this i'm going to guilt shame you just a little bit because listen you don't know what will happen to you i have four kids and i'm almost died on the operating table with two of them you mm-hmm. know you don't know what's going to happen so make sure please be responsible have life insurance please make sure that you write up even if it's just on a piece of paper or go on legal zoom like bryce said and write it up and make sure people know what your will, even if it's just, please make sure grandma's quilt goes to my daughter because after you die, that stuff is so important and it can be the silliest thing in the world and it means mm-hmm. the world to you because that person meant the world to you. Mm-hmm. So I'll get off my soapbox and we'll go <laughs> back to tactical money finagling.
0: Okay, so we've got, we're actually a little over time. I've oh. got to get running, I know you do too, mm-hmm. but in five minutes, I'll, I can I can run for five minutes, Run us through, like, your top five tips, tricks, strategies, things people can do today to help them set up financial security, get a better relationship with money, kind of understand the workings of that. Even if it's just like, hey, go pick up this book. I've got one book recommendation for all of you. Go pick up the book, The Power of Zero. It's a fabulous read. It's probably the best sales tool in the world of finance. The entire book is written by an old secretary of the federal uh, treasury wow. on, as a co-author to the main author. It's Brian Brian something, but them two together created an entire book and the entire purpose of the book is how to get to a tax bracket of zero. I love
1: that. My book recommendation that I would give, a a non-intimidating book recommendation is The Automatic Millionaire. I've recommended it to several friends and basically, It's so stupid simple. He's like, you're gonna live off of this amount right here. This is your total income. You're gonna live off this amount. You're gonna take this amount and make sure it's automatically deposited. That's like the first number one tiny little baby step you can take to make sure you have money put aside outside of all of the sophisticated stuff we talked about. And I hope you guys still got value even if you're just hearing it and starting to learn the language. Um, If you do wanna look more into that, um, oh my God, Tony Robbins just released a book, Master the Money Mindset or something like that. He has a lot of information about that sophisticated level of investing and compound interest and in things as well. So on the bottom end of my recommendations, automatic millionaire. Money and
0: master the game.
1: Money master the game. There you go. So that one is a, is a fantastic resource if you kind of want to know more about how money people deal with their money and make their money work for them. Um, and then outside of that, if you are starting from zero. You need to make a thousand dollars. I have honest to God, how many methods have I given you to make a thousand dollars today? Logos,
0: websites. Not only that, it just for everybody listening, if you guys are just starting out and you need, you need some resources to make your first buck, your first few bucks, reach out to me, reach out to Liz. Both of us are happy to help you set up some offers that can help you bring in a grand, 10 grand, whatever whatever you're looking to bring in here just based off of really how much you want to work it it's Mm -hmm. it's going to be determined on your effort
1: right absolutely agree and you know make sure like we're saying your baby steps are you put a thousand dollars away in an emergency fund you look into your health care options open that roth ira i don't think they require you to have very much in a roth ira i think you can get started for like 500 or a thousand bucks you know Download the Robin Hood app and start taking $5 that you would spend at Starbucks and figuring out how stocks work and how long you're comfortable holding. And if you prefer to invest in a dividend stock like Coca-Cola that's been around since Methuselah and you know you're going to get returns on it. Or if you're one of those adventurous daring people that wants to hop on you know, the latest internet sensation, make some quick money and jump out this way you'll know your risk tolerance so when you sit down and you talk with that cpa and you're like baby give me all those thousands of dollars back Mm -hmm. because i'm ready to invest you have a little bit of the language and you understand what you enjoy doing and what you don't enjoy doing so i guess that's my five minute baby steps how i would tell you to get started
0: (laughs) awesome so last thing before we wrap up where can people get a hold of you if they want to get to know you pick your brain a little bit See if see if you're a good fit to bring on if they need to hire you for something or just connect.
1: Yeah. So I'm on Clubhouse, as you know, at Lizzie Honey, because my last name is spelled M-A Honey. And I always say that to people. So at Lizzie, L-I-Z-I Honey. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, is that Lizzie Honey? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Lizzie Mahoney, um, or you can email me, Liz at HealthyBoundariesMarketing.com. Also, if you get a hold of Bryce and you want to get a hold of me, he has all of my information, including my address.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. However, that is CPI, so I'm not giving out your address. Totally. You. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Today was a money focused powerhouse. Make sure that you stay tuned. If you want more, if you want Liz to come back on the show, let us know, and then we will be back with another episode of the Inbound Secret. Awesome!
1: Thank you, guys. This is the
0: Inbound Secret. secret, secret. My name is Bryce, and I'm your host for The Inbound Secret, where we're talking with top performers and health experts and sales badasses alike about their strategies to optimize their well-being and performance. Once again, this is The Inbound Secret, and let's get rockin' and rolling. This is The Inbound. This is, this, this is The inbound. inbound. This is The Inbound. The Inbound. This is The Inbound Secret.